Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Rich or Miss, episode 259, the biggest, most critical failure with customers. Hey, my riches, I'm Hayut, and it's wonderful to be here today with you. One of the most popular questions on my Rich or Miss podcast for entrepreneurs is the question about the biggest, most critical failure. I often think about my biggest failure. It was when I promoted my online course. Five years ago, a short while after I started my podcast, I decided to create an online course for entrepreneurs and teach them the secrets of entrepreneurial marketing. I invested in a rather expensive online course to study how to create my successful course. I learned every aspect of of creating a course, and I studied four different ways to promote my course. The expert I learned from about creating an online course had a very clear recommendation about promoting the online course. He warmly recommended not using webinars to promote and sell our courses. Webinars are too complicated, he said. And you should use a better, easier way to sell your course. But I didn't listen. I listened to another mentor who was a great believer in webinars. On my first webinar, I had 25 participants and not one sell. I had 12 participants and not one deal on the second webinar. And on the third and last webinar, I had four participants and not even one sell. You got it right. My webinars were a total failure. And although I tried again two years later, I didn't manage to use webinars to sell my course. The reason for my failure? I didn't focus on the one most important challenge of selling my course. Instead, I wasted a lot of energy and time learning how to make webinars. It took me a while, and I found a different way to sell my courses, but this was a fundamental lesson for me. In today's episode, I chose to focus on the stories of six successful entrepreneurs who shared with me the stories of their biggest failures and what they learned from them. Failures are an excellent opportunity to learn. Don't be afraid to fail. Dare to win. Kyle Gmaziad is a marketing consultant who specializes in the psychology of persuasion and high-ticket sales. He helps coaches transform their uncharged, non-mandatory offer into a high-ticket and without having Tony Robbins like brand. He shares his story on struggling to give away his stuff for free 
to charging high-ticket offers and helping these clients from all around the world do the same. He is known as the copy and messaging alchemist. He has also been featured in ANLP, Fox, CBS and NBC. Khaled is a professional member of ANLP International CIC, a certified master of NLP and holds a degree in civil engineering. Before becoming marketing, Khaled worked with traders and professionals, fund managers, helping them master their mental age in trading and life. He also had over 15 years of experience as a project manager where he managed multi-million dollar projects on three continents. Khaled lives with his wife and two kids in Sydney, Australia. Khaled Manziad, what a pleasure to have you here. Hi. Hi, Khaled. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Khaled, you've got successes and we'll talk about it in a minute. But I want to ask you what is your biggest, most critical failure with customers? The one that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most or almost the most? Yeah. Uh, there are there are many, but uh, mm-hmm. I would I would say um, the biggest one of them is not testing the offer before, uh, like putting a lot of time in in something before you test uh, before you validating it. And what I mean by that, it's it's very tempting uh, that you we spend a lot of time preparing, and the perfectionist in me. Uh, Wanted things to be perfect, wanted things to be amazing, wanted things to be very valuable for everyone. And what I did, I, I, I used to have this, uh, I worked on a product once and it's like I was perfecting it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't show it to anyone, didn't get any feedback, didn't ask anyone if they wanted or not. And I worked like months and months on it. And when I put it out there, like no one even cared about it. And it was really, really big failure because, like, when you put like you put all the time, you put all the effort, and at that time you feel like, what am I doing wrong? And like, why those people are not buying? Or what? What? What am I doing wrong here? And uh, sometimes I, I would say, like, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like when I'm saying it now, it's, it's gonna sound funny, but at that time it wasn't actually funny. It was, it was really hard, and then they're like. I reached a point that I said, like, maybe this is not for me. Maybe I'm doing, maybe I'm just gonna go get a job and I'll just keep doing what I'm doing and, and like what I know better, better than what I'm doing here. Uh, but yeah, like not, not, uh, understanding and not testing the offer before validating, at least validate the offer beta, do some beta testings for things. That was one of huge failures for me. And then after that, like one of the biggest lessons I learned from that is to never work uh, like, and the, I, I just want to make this clear. So I'm not saying like don't make an amazing product. Like you must have an amazing product. What I'm saying is you just need to make sure that don't waste your time. Make, make something very perfect in your head because you think people will want it without asking actually people and just do like a beta test of it and see like is this valid idea if this if, if there is someone out there who's gonna buy this if there is someone out there who really need this and 
when was the turning point? When things started to work for you? Actually, it it, it wasn't. I, I wouldn't say it, it was just a one turning point because uh, I, I hope it was that easy for me to be honest. But for me, it was like ups and downs all the time. Like something gonna work and then something gonna stop. But if I if I talk about a major turning point for me, it's uh, it's when actually I started um, understanding marketing a deeper level and i'm not i'm not saying just the gimmicks and i'll oh, just uh, put this in the headline or put that and and if you just write send this email it's it, it just to understand the deep psychology of what people actually want and how to present ideas differently uh, what i mean is people don't they don't just need data and facts they need also to be entertained uh, they need you. They just don't need like dry value. And I know that can sound uh, weird. Uh, most people think, "Oh, I just need value," and uh, we can argue about that. But uh, there is a reason why people are spending lots of time watching like social media and, and Netflix and all these movies and games and YouTube and this kind of stuff because they are entertaining. Uh, mm-hmm. So my, my turning point was is actually how to make things entertaining, how to write and how to say things in an entertaining way that makes people not actually want to keep reading, but actually at the end it inspired them to take an action. So that, that was one of my major points when I realized that I was writing in an academic way more like hmm. than in, in a writing way. In, in an entertaining way. Tokara Charisma is a digital marketing consultant and business growth strategist. She is the CEO of Charisma Marketing, a full-service digital marketing agency dedicated to growing elite e-commerce brands online through email marketing, social media marketing, PPC, SEO, website conversion optimization, and more. Having built her own successful e-commerce business back in 2007, Tokara is now considered one of the world's top e-commerce marketing experts. Her out-of-the-box approach to digital marketing and expertise in the online business growth space is why I've asked her to join me today. Tokara Charisma, what a pleasure to have you here. Hi! Hi, I'm so excited to be here with you today. I'm so excited that you are here. You've got successes, but I want to ask you, what is your biggest, most critical failure with customers? Yes, yes. I have a twofold failure. <laughs> One, <laughs> we have all, they say the most successful people fail the most, right? The, the right. important part is how we pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off, and keep moving forward. But the biggest failures would be one, taking on clients without the bandwidth, without the support system that I needed. So we are in demand and blessed to be in demand. And we, at some points, want to take on clients when we just don't have the right support team in place. And that's not a fair thing for us to do because when we do that, we don't give them the best results or the best client experience with us. 
And we want to be the Four Seasons of Ad agencies. We want to build out mm. that five-star experience. And so I think the biggest failure I've done is take on clients without having the proper support system in place and knowing that we were stretched very, very thin. And then the second failure would be that I took on clients, especially when I was newer, when, you know, you're kind of wanting, you'll take any client, right? When you're first learning. And I said yes when I should have said no. And Mm. that is why we're so, we turn away so many people now because it's not about the money anymore. Like it was when I was first starting, it's about wanting to build long-term relationships. And so when I would bring on clients that thought we might be the magic pill or weren't ready for ad agency services, that that was when we failed because we weren't working with a partner that had everything in place. So it was kind of like putting a Ferrari engine in a VW bug, right? Mm -hmm. It just couldn't handle what we were trying to do. So in hindsight, I should have said no. So knowing when to say no whether it's your bandwidth is stretched or whether you don't think you can get results. And I've made those failures too. And I'm, I'm still learning to this day how to say no. Hmm. Yeah, it is challenging because we want to succeed and we also want to help a lot of clients. So it's challenging to say no. But as you said, it is for the good of the client. Yes. My fantastic guest, Paham al-Badvi said when I asked him about his biggest failure. I was doing business development at the time, and I noticed that for a lot of our prospects whom I was reaching out to, I was not getting a high conversion on the outreach. What I noticed was the power of personalization and your approaches, not approaching customers to sell anything but just approaching them to add value. Value itself will play a big role in your relationships with a potential customer. You need to develop that relationships and build their trust rather than always looking at it as a transactional relationship. I love this story and I loved this interview with Paul at Balbi. I'm sure you would love it too. Let's listen to his bio. My name is Parham Al-Badvi. I'm a copywriter and brand strategist serving conscious businesses. I spent my formative years in Iran and moved to Canada, eager to work for purpose-driven tech and B2B companies, but soon became disillusioned. I love working with conscious entrepreneurs, people who share my values and vision for the world clients that I feel energetically aligned with and who believe in making profit and impact. That's why together with my partner, I founded Motro & Co., the first full-service digital agency exclusively for conscious businesses and disruptors. I'm committed to helping businesses of all sizes realize Fred Kaufman's vision of businesses Conscious of inner and outer worlds, taking into account body, mind, and spirit in self, culture, and nature. Bahamal Bagvi, what a pleasure to have you here. Hi. Hi, Hayud. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, and I'm so happy you are here. It's great to be here. Hmm. 
you've got successes, I'm sure you do. But mm-hmm. I need to ask you, what is your biggest, most critical failure with customers? The one that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most, or almost the most? So it, I think a failure for me personally was when I started off working at Vidyard, which is the second corporate job that I shift into. And soon I realized that, uh, that I was having issues with conversions and how some of the outreach that I was doing perhaps wasn't connecting or wasn't landing with the audience. And, you know, as a, as a young 20 year old that I was, that was sort of a, a hit to my ego. And I noticed that soon enough, I noticed that those failures and those outreaches were actually teaching me a much bigger lesson around, uh, building a personal relationship with prospects before going into business. And sometimes my outreaches that were unrelated to business that were just personal about things that I noticed on their profile, um, actually worked better than a than a business angle so bringing the they say that human-centered businesses are doing quite well but i think a lot of businesses are missing the human in the human-centered business so so i think bringing the humanity back into the business was one of the biggest takeaways uh in in sales that in sales and marketing that we're doing so all the work that we do right now is very aligned with ensuring that anyone who interacts with and is is really seeing the value up front and that came from my initial sort of outreach to clients and seeing what they care about what's important to them and how you can really bring uh the human and in, back into the human-centered business hmm, love that mark rachance is a serial entrepreneur strategic thinker and investor he possesses a deep understanding of blitzscaling companies having owned and operated several businesses that have experienced hyper-growth through creative business development and lead generation. He is a master of sales and marketing and continues to apply and grow his expertise through current projects. Mark is currently the CEO and lead investor of Maximedia Inc., one of the largest TikTok, Facebook, Snapchat, and Google Display Network performance marketing agencies in the world. Currently, Maximedia is the number one advertiser in terms of monthly spend on the TikTok platform in Canada and top 10 in North America. Mark speaks and travels the world with his wife Sonia and their two boys. Mark Lachance, what a pleasure to have you here. Hi. Thank you for having me. It's great that you are here, and I just shared with our listeners what you've done until now. But I would like to ask you to tell us about your biggest, most critical failure with customers, the one that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most or almost the most. Well, I'll tell you my... my most critical failure in, in business itself. So back in 2006, I was fresh off a, an exit from one of the companies that I was a founder of and I was able to sell. I was able to sit on millions of dollars and I mistakenly took that millions and plowed it into a real estate. And you remember, hey, you, you remember the, the year 2007, correct? <laughs> yes, I do remember the year 2007 <laughs> and I remember exactly where I was. In yeah. 2008, when we heard about the 
financial collapse. Yeah. Exactly. And you remember the real estate marketplace. So I intelligently at that time rolled all of my money. I put basically all my chips on red, I'll call it, <laughs> and it went into a real estate venture. And it was 2007 at the height of the, the market. And then, you know, the GFC or the, the, the great financial crisis uh, was upon us in 2008. And everything I had was basically out the door. I was on the verge of bankruptcy and, uh, and, and you had a colossal mm -hmm. failure and depression, anxiety and all that. So, you know, that was my biggest failure. But I will tell you, in your biggest failures are your biggest learnings. So, you know, okay. I learned the most out of that. I learned number and I had a business partner. So I learned, you know, never to to rely on somebody else's intellect or knowledge when you when red flags are going up, when you when your gut it, basically the, the point is uh leverage your gut feel. Hmm. Because I had a gut feeling that this gentleman didn't know what he was talking about, but he was a, a very, very smooth talker and I fell I fell prey to you know, an incredible storyteller. So uh, I learned that the power of story is is very powerful, right? So yeah, uh, it is. We all know that we are in marketing, isn't it? Absolutely. And so stories, everything. And I fell prey to that, and, and you know, that kind of taught me to to do due diligence, and you know, not just run after the 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 mountaintop. I think is a theme we're going to talk about later, but not run after you know promises of riches when when there's no foundation and there's no, there was no sort of due diligence on my side. So that was my first mistake. And, uh, you know, this colossal failure taught me a lot about leadership, taught me a lot about myself and taught me a lot, you know, about doing research first and taking your time and, and, you know, slow is actually fast is another learning I got mm. out of that. So. Love that. Yeah. My guest today is Brian Friedman. Brian Friedman is the founder of RevokeShield, which is a cybersecurity program as a service where he brings the founder's perspective to cybersecurity in an increasingly complicated and risk-filled environment. Brian has built products and lab engineering design and IT teams at companies with credentials such as Fortune 500 fastest-growing companies, the Inc. 5000 list, and Entrepreneur's 100 Most Brilliant Companies. I enjoyed this conversation with Brian Fritton, and I believe you would love it too. Brian Fritton, what a pleasure to have you here. Hi! Hello, thank you so much for having me. How are you? I'm so happy you are here. You've got successes, but I want to ask you what is your biggest, most critical failure with customers? The one that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most or almost the most? Yeah, I would say there in the past have been businesses where I am more excited about the solution than solving the problem. And I think that this was a entrepreneurial maturity uh, topic, right? Uh, earlier in my professional life, you know, being a software engineer, being a technical person, being solution-minded, uh, you get very excited sometimes about building something to solve a problem you see. And that's mm -hmm. great. That's what we're all here for. Mm -hmm. But in businesses in the past, I've certainly spent uh, less time than I should have uh, hearing, listening to people who I want to solve a problem for and understanding 
how painful the problem that I think I'm solving is for them and and what problems they have that are related to it that may actually be more top of mind for them, more painful. Um, and without doing that, without listening carefully, without interviewing people who you're trying to serve, uh, it's very difficult to build the right thing. And that is how companies die, right? Is you build something that nobody wants. Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, my mistakes of the past would have been spending too little time understanding the, the problems at hand, how severe those problems are, uh, the language, again, that's used by these people in describing their problem, you know, things that they've tried before to solve it, you know, and, and rushing too fast to try to build a solution that's exciting, you know, with, with, with going more purposely through this process of learning the problems at hand for the people you're trying to serve, you can build a much, much better product and, uh, and a whole lot less heartache um, from building something that nobody wants. Mm. Mm. Fascinating. I do agree. This is one of the, uh, the best advice, the very uh, popular best advice that we hear usually. And uh, here you have the story about yourself. I think uh, it's a lesson that uh, a lot of entrepreneurs uh, not learning early enough. Absolutely. And now I would like you to tell us the story of your greatest, most significant success as a result of the right customer focus or something you did right about approaching your customers. Okay, now I get to make myself look good. Yeah, sure. Um, You know, this podcast is about successful entrepreneurs, so uh, I know you've got successes. I love to share the the learnings from failures more than the successes because it's there's so much more potent. But um, but also one of the things that I'm going to share now as a success came from first struggling to find uh, our way. So in our current business, we have some customers that they are given the job of of cybersecurity in their small business. And they have a whole other job they they have to do. You know, they they were not hired into being a cybersecurity professional. Oh. They were hired as a, a director of operations or something like that, right? And so this responsibility is added on top of what they already have to do. And customers have signed up with us before, taken a few steps, and then you know had to go back to their other job, right? They had to go back to the the things that are on their roadmap um, and security can sometimes take a back seat, but it's a really anxious feeling, right? The, the risk is too great, so they, they still feel very, uh, it, it keeps them up at night. Uh, mm-hmm. And so one of the uh, impacts of that for our business was adoption uh, had suffered. And, you know, that that's risky for a business because you don't want your customers to feel like they're not getting value out of your product and you don't want them to, to cancel their, their plan with you or anything like that. So we looked at how we could help solve the problem of, you know, our, our primary users not having the time to use our product um, because they have another job to do. And uh, one of the things that we started doing for them is offering our managed plan. And so the managed plan is uh, driven by our internal client success team, which, you know, uses a very well-oiled, well-designed playbook of uh, how to use our tools inside other people's businesses to reduce their risk of an attack or if one happens, the impacts of it. 
uh, and help those buyers, those customers out who don't have time to do a lot of those uh, those activities. And so we built a plan that in a couple of meetings, every few months, we can take those actions for them using our existing tool and take security as a responsibility more or less uh, completely off their hands. And this is a big win for us because our customers said, yeah, absolutely, this is something that keeps me up at night. I wish I had more time for it. I wish we had more resources. Um, I would love your help. And for our business, uh, that is something that they're willing to pay for. And we were able to expand our uh, revenue by about 40% in the course of just a couple months. Wow. And uh, yeah, so uh, quite a big success there. And again, as we're talking about listening to people's problems, you know, this revenue came out of listening to people's problems and then trying to solve those problems. Amazing. What a nice story. Tim Kakir is a growth consultant who helps companies, entrepreneurs, and students achieve fast and consistent growth. Working with 17 startups to date, some of his best achievements include helping two startups receiving 1.7 million euros in Horizon 2020 funding, increasing MRR of one startup from $80,000 to $300,000 in less than 18 months, and completing projects such as implementation of OKRs, building company dashboards, rebranding, and product launches. In addition to that, Tim's passion for helping people realize their potential to bring their ideas to life means that he also teaches bachelor and master programs at two universities in Barcelona, ESEI, International Business School Barcelona, and Geneva Business School. Tim Kakir, what a pleasure to have you here. Hi. Hi, Hayut. It's an absolute pleasure to be here as well. Thank you so much. I'm so happy you are here. And I just shared with our listeners what you've done until now. And I would like to ask you to share with us what is your biggest, most critical failure with Mm. customers? The one that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most or almost the most? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I think that, um, you know, uh, I'm going to look at a perspective of when we targeted uh, the wrong customers, we um, in one of the businesses, which was a B2B SaaS, uh, we had a technology for e-commerce businesses. And um, we targeted the wrong segment. We, we targeted enterprise, big, big e-commerce shops, like very massive one. It was okay, but we were closing, let's say, you know, a couple deals a month. Uh, we were growing very slowly, but we were growing. Um, and that was a big mistake because we didn't think about um, other segments of customers, we were like, okay, these are the big, you know, we want these biggest e-commerces and so on. And the, the workforce we had around it, you know, we had so many sales guys, you know, holding hands because enterprise sales, as you know, it's so much longer, it takes time, so much energy. Sure. And we were an early stage startup and um, we thought that was growth, you know, um, we were closing deals, it's growing slowly, but it was very, very slow. I think the biggest mistake that I've done was, you know, to not think about different customer segments or to test, to experiment the messaging to different people. Um, and when I found this out, we, you know, we were lucky that um, actually a friend of mine said to test a few things and, and, you know, it was great to see somebody from a different angle. And usually this is why uh, we love consultants, you know, like people hire me to see from a different angle. And um, we tested more small to medium businesses. Yes, there was more churn, 
but the volume, you know, we 10x the volume, uh, we 10x our growth. Um, and, wow. and the startup grew in 18 months uh, to places that we could not have grown at 18 months with enterprise sales. You know, so what I'm trying to say here, I think my learning from this failure is, you know, never be stuck on saying, all right, this is it. These are the people. No, keep testing because, you, again, you don't know who else has that problem. You know, we only thought enterprise right. e-commerce has had this problem, but small e-commerces also had that problem and we were a better solution for them than the bigger um, shops. Right. I always say that we should be act like detectives and should go and find where are those people that really need us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tim, I would like to thank you so much. It has been a pleasure talking with you today. Thank you for coming. Hayut, thank you so much for the great chat. And uh, all the best uh, to you and to your listeners. Hmm. Thank you and take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Reach or Miss show the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.